In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Corius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem. Because he was descended from the house and family of David, he went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the end. In that religion, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. The the four see I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people to you is born this day in the city the I mean of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, on all peace, those he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and child in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. That is something that uh, we started last year because of the pandemic, and I look forward to it each and every year. Um, those are our, the kids of our, of our church, and some of them are here, and some of them are joining us online. However you are joining us, I'm just glad that you're a part of this. Uh, I just want to welcome you. My name is Trevor. I'm the pastor here, if I haven't met you yet, 
And I just hope that you're comfortable here. I don't know if, the, if it's too warm in here or anything, feel free to uh, adjust that thermostat or, or pass around ice cubes, whatever you need to do. But I, I really am uh, hope that you are uh, comfortable here. It's very important for us that you feel welcomed here uh, and that you feel comfortable. And, and more importantly, tonight, I hope that you feel comforted. Um, we, we hear that story all the time, uh, you know, and it's something when it's read by children that really makes it special. And we always hear that story in, in different versions. There's, there's two Gospels that actually kind of cover the birth, uh, Luke and Matthew. But they leave out some of the other details. And you think about when uh, Mary and Joseph were first called uh, from Nazareth to go to Bethlehem. It's because there's a census being taken place, and you had to go to where your ancestry was. And for uh, Joseph, that meant that he had to go to Bethlehem. And we always think of that, that's one of the fastest things that we read, you know. They just went to Bethlehem, and they had a baby, squirted it out, and everything was fine, and just, you know, all, and then the angels started singing, and it was just great, you know, and everything like that. They gave him a pillow, and then they brought gifts, and they spent the money. Um, but the details are not that comfortable, for instance, just being called, let's take a look at the, the Joseph and, and Mary, for instance. We oftentimes uh, think of Mary as a young person and Joseph as an older person, but a lot of historians are kind of changing their tune on that, and they're starting to think that maybe the both of them were kind of teenagers, really. And for them to be called out and told that they were to travel, while Mary was nine months Pregnant. Um, that's a hard thing. That's that right there. The, the the challenge of that is a little bit. I don't really want to do this. From Nazareth to Bethlehem, it's about ninety miles. It would have taken them about a week, uh, traveling about ten hours a day. Uh, we we gather ten hours because nine months pregnant, and you're, you're going by foot. Now, we often think about, we always see them in, in these, uh, in the movies, we see them in gowns, and Mary's always wearing, you know, the blue, and she's got her hair just perfect, and it's blonde for some reason, but it's, you know, she's just all happy and everything. The dress that they probably would have been wearing is they had these, these uh, the kind of uh, uh, gowns that they would wear that had a belt in the middle, but in the in the desert, when it gets really cold, if they were to travel around this time of year, they would have had a, a wool kind of uh, uh, overcoat thing that was helped to uh, kind of repel water and snow. Uh, and they had uh, shoes. We always see them in, in sandals. But they knew how to make closed, closed shoes at this time. And so they were probably walking around with, with closed-toed shoes and this kind of wool thing over them and walking 10 hours a day. In, in some cases, it was flat, and in other cases, they had mountains and rough terrain to go over. Now, just imagine that. I'm not sure if anybody here has, uh, has been uh, pregnant. I don't, uh, you know, I, uh, I know my mom has. Uh, and so that, just the thought of, well, I've got to give kudos to my mom at this time because I'm a twin, and uh, not, a, not an identical twin, but a fraternal twin. And my mom, when she was pregnant, uh, she gave, you know, she was 
huge. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, but she was. See, I was, my brother was eight and a half pounds, and I was ten. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so she's not at all upset the fact that I'm bald now. So she's, you know, that's as much as she can get, you know, more of that to you. Um, but she had struggles moving around and about and stuff. And I see people, you know, that are, that are pregnant, and it's, it's, it's hard. And if you were told that you had to walk 10 miles a day, that wouldn't be very comfortable. Um, the weather at this time, if it was around this time, in the desert, during the day, it could be in the 30s. And during this time, the climate at that time was tr tremendous rain. Uh, they usually, they didn't get a lot of uh, snow. They would get snow sometimes, but they would get uh, downpours all the time. So they were constantly wet. They were constantly uh, walking, and they were constantly cold. And at night, it got well below freezing. Now imagine this. You're told that you are going to give birth to the Son of God. But it ain't going to be easy. You are in your teens, you are nine months pregnant, and you guys now have to walk 10 miles a day for at least nine days. Through the cold, through the rain, and you have to go through different terrain. Now, let's add to something else with that. This region was filled with lions and bears. And, oh my, thank you very much. <laughs> very good. And wild boars, which is what my wife has called me from time to time. But uh, they actually have uncovered, uh, archaeologists have uncovered signage around this area warning people of the wild animals. People would actually get attacked by these herds of, of wild boars most of the time. Then you have thieves and bandits, because the route that they are taking is a route that was a commercial route. It was a route that other people had taken. So thieves and bandits would oftentimes rob and kill people that were on this route. Not very comfortable. Imagine this again. You are uh, called to be royalty. And now you've got, you are finding yourself, let's say you're in day three of walking through the rain, through the different terrains, watching out for wild boar, lions, bears, bandits. You wonder if they, did they get testy with one another, do you think? You know, I mean, I've been in some uncomfortable situations and I get a little cranky. If I'm uncomfortable, I get a little cranky. I get hungry. You know, there's no 7-Elevens on the way here. And there's no places to eat. What they would have to carry is they would have a, uh, a wine canister thing that they would fill with water. And for food, they would pack a lot of bread. In the morning, for breakfast, you got dry bread. And for lunch, you got oil and bread. But for dinner, hey, herbs and bread. Mmm. Now, that is something that you would probably get tired of if you're walking around wondering why you're even there. 
There are times when we have moments in our lives that are just uncomfortable. And it seems like we are on a journey somewhere. And we're not sure where that journey is taking us. And we find ourselves just being uncomfortable. And, you know, as we live today, that's one of our biggest challenges. A lot of times we tell people that, I'll give my life for you. But as soon as I start to feel uncomfortable, then I start to complain a little bit. Comfort for us in this century is something that we cherish. It's very, very important to us. Our comfort is really important to us. I'm not sure how many of us would be able to sustain that trek. I went for a walk once at Pioneer Park, and I was walking around the trails, and they have this limestone trail that kind of leads, and then they have this kind of wooded area that comes out and stuff. And I thought that I was going to the parking lot, and it turned out that I was lost, and I couldn't find my way back, and I had walking for an extra hour. I milked that for like a week. I told my wife, oh, I can't do the, I can't do the trash because I, you know, I walked you know, and stuff. And I, and I was whiny and I was just a baby about the whole thing. So if I were Joseph walking 10 hours a day, I'm pretty sure I'd want to turn around and go back. And I'm pretty sure they did too. The one thing that we have to continually remind ourselves is that the people that are in the Bible are not anything uh, superhuman. They are people. And so if you can imagine walking 10 miles a day in the cold and all of that stuff, imagine how you would feel. That's how they felt. And then once they get to Bethlehem, it is crowded. Everybody's there for the census, and it is a busy, bustling place, and it is crowded. And a lot of people don't even want them there. Because you know how you're in, in town and everything like that, and there's an event going on, and suddenly it takes you longer to get from one area of town to the other area of town, and people are just kind of, they don't know where they're going and all this kind of stuff. And you get annoyed by that. People were annoyed at these guys coming into town. And so the welcome mat wasn't really laid out for them. And they tried to find places to stay. Most of the time they would, you know, end up with relatives or something like that. The Bible says there wasn't room. It was so busy that they had to, it says, stay in a, in a stable. Now, a stable can be, mean a different things. In some cases, it can mean a, a cave-like structure. And in other cases, what they would do is they would live on two floors, People would have these, uh, these, these places where the family kind of slept up here in this like loft area, and down below is where they kept their livestock. Why would they do that? Because the livestock would actually keep them warm. And so when it says that they had to uh, stay in the stable, that just sometimes that might mean that there wasn't room up there. And so they had to stay down there. And usually when you watch the movies, you see everything from uh, donkey to, uh, you know, uh, pelicans and peacocks and all of this kind of wild stuff there. Chances are most of the time that they would have uh, donkeys there and probably sheep. But still not very comfortable. If I went to a hotel and there was a donkey in my room, I'd say, oh, I don't think I want to stay here very much. And so they are setting up. They finally get there. They're exhausted from their trip. And they're not comfortable. And the fact that there is no room for them probably means that there were other people around. And there's this long journey of them coming. 
They are outsiders. They're not really welcome there. They are just kids. She is about to pop. He is nervous. They don't know what to do. They get to this place and they are at a loss. All they know is that they saw something in a dream that told them that this is going to be miraculous. But right now, they're not feeling that way. But I believe that something special happened at that time. That when they finally got to the place that they were supposed to get to, they were surrounded by other people. We always, you know, have them just by themselves there, you know. And, and Mary gives birth. And the baby's just sparkling clean. <laughs> yeah, that's a couple moms there. Um, but I believe they had people around them. And you know, when you're around other people and, and somebody is in need, isn't it amazing that no matter what our differences are, no matter who we are, we help each other. You and I can be on complete opposite sides of, uh, I don't know, politics, values. But I bet if I were in need right now, I bet there are many people here that would offer to help. And I think that's what happened to them. A very uncomfortable walk, a very uncomfortable journey, a very scary time. But there was something that happened when she was about to give birth. There were people that came to help. And what was once strangers, suddenly there's a, almost a family. I, I don't believe that, that Jesus entered this world alone. I believe the first time that they uh, had this baby, the first thing that they experienced was actual neighbors loving neighbors. And there were people there that had no idea who Jesus was. There were people there that had no idea what was going on here. All they knew was that somebody needed a hand. And they helped them. Everybody in that stable was uncomfortable. Everybody was uncomfortable. And a lot of people had no idea what was going on. But I believe that people came together. And then something happened. People started to come. Strangers started to come. Shepherds. Outcasts. People didn't like shepherds. They frowned upon them because the real religious people knew that the shepherds were out there in the fields and they didn't observe like the, the, the religious holidays or anything like that. They didn't observe like the Sabbath. They had to work. They lived out there. Some of them had lived out there from their childhood on. They were definitely the outsiders. They were the scum of the earth. And here's these people that had welcomed Mary and Joseph, that had helped them, and now that was expanded out. To where when the strangers came, they welcomed them too. We focus a lot on our differences. We, we focus a lot on our comforts. But when it comes down to it, I believe that we are people that help people. I, I believe that we are there for each other. 
And if there's a hope that I have or a prayer that I have for this holiday season, it's just that we remember that. Rather than focusing on all of the things that we disagree on, just know that if you need me, I'm there for you. And I know that you're there for me too. Because we have one thing in common. Every one of us wants to be loved. And on that day that we observe today, love entered the world. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may we feel love today. May we understand that love is a gift. May we think about the people that we uh, have in our lives that we love and cherish. May we think about them and feel thankful for them and love them. And, And may we share that love with the people we have not yet met yet. May we feel love today. Amen.